Thank you for joining us on our LWCC podcast. Right now, you're going to hear a message from our senior pastor and founder of Living Word, Pastor Ruben Reyna. Let's jump into our word. in it. So I don't know about you, I feel a little happy today, a little joyful inside. I got that fountain of living waters inside. It's a gusher, amen, a gusher. You may be seated, the Lord bless you, amen. Uh, I have Jamie here, the one that we started a long time ago with this album, Are You Ready? And I want Jamie to come up here right now and just give us a few words. Uh, he had long hair. We both had long hair. We we're all two sabes. Crazy as ever. But he's a great. It's so good musician. to see my pastor again. My name is Jamie Gallegos. In 1974, uh, I had just been released from school. I was 16 years old. And uh, I, we were sitting on a platter at my friend's house, me and Bobby. We had just finished rolling a joint. And this black flat. VW van pulls up, and these two hippie-looking dudes get out. The one guy, Xavier, he goes into the house, but this other dude, he had long hair, he had a mustache and a scraggly goatee, and he zeroed in on me <laughs> and witnessed to me. It was really <laughs> That was in 1974. And I've, I've, been, I've worked with this man throughout the years, you know, uh, the last work that we started together, it, we're, we're in a, in a, we're a bar in a church in Azusa, and we outgrew it. When I, when he, trip on this. I was, uh, I was on staff at New Harvest Christian Fellowship, the fellowship that he founded, and uh, I, I was like number three there, just at the church, not in leadership. And uh, the, the senior pastor started to treat, who I grew up in the Lord with, he started treating me oddly. He started stripping me of responsibility. And I remember, because we would pray first thing in the morning. And uh, I prayed that morning, one morning. And I said, Father, if you don't do something, I'm leaving. Not him, the, the, my position. That night, you gave me a call. He gave me a call. It had already been two days in the work, and he says, man, I've been trying to get your number for two days. It was already in the works. He said, I was ironing my shirt, getting ready for service. And the Holy Spirit said, call Jamie and tell him that He's to work with you again. That night, I typed out the resignation letter. I had the keys to everything in the, in the building. Got there early, set it down. And then we started in, uh, in Azusa. In Azusa. We outgrew that building. We outgrew that building, then started renting that theater, the West Cove. I think it was the West Cove. And then he connected with the Foursquare, and then they gave us that building in, uh, in Baldwin Park. In Baldwin Park. You know, and it's and uh, and then they gave him a position in uh, that church in Buena Park, and then I ended up in Albuquerque. But let me tell you something about this man. When when he was mentoring me, uh, you know, I at first we were just great friends. We were going to Victory Temple with Sonny Arkansas. There was no Victory Outreach yet, and we were. Yeah. <laughs> 
And, uh, and uh, through the years, we worked together. And he never told me, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. He led by example. And he mentored me. He became a good friend, my mentor, my spiritual father, eventual pastor, and also co-worker in the kingdom of God. Paul said something very extraordinary. After his ministry was almost through, he said, I've done everything. I fought the good fight. Henceforth, the crown of righteousness is laid up for me in heaven. What is that crown for? My fellow servant, Isaiah, said, for a king shall reign in righteousness and princes shall rule in judgment. When Christ comes soon, he is going to establish a kingdom here on earth for a thousand years. And he's going to select certain individuals as princes to rule over the nations that will rise again. I have every confidence that there is a crown of righteousness laid up for this man right here. <laughs> and you know, it has been such a blessing working with him through the years, and it's a pleasure to be here this morning. Thank you so much, my friend. <laughs> all right, that's Jamie. I didn't know we were gonna lose all our hair, but we, that's what happens when you stay young. I wanna preach a little bit on the word of healing. A word of healing. And last night I had trouble, you know, I'm preacher's trouble with trying to find what God wanted me to say. And to me, I don't like to speak unless I know what God wants me to say. Then I feel very comfortable. But if I don't feel comfortable, I won't even come up to the platform. So I want to start reading this verse in the book of Luke, chapter 18. You can write it in somewhere, chapter 4, verse 18, and Proverbs 19.21. And... Uh, the reason why I want to go this way is because when you come to the Lord, you find out that when you get saved, you feel really good about things and you feel like just moving in the spirit and doing good things. But then as you go and you keep on going, you start learning that there's a lot of diseases in you that you picked up in the world and that you've been marked by them. And some it's like an old... Uh, an old cut that they give you and then all of a sudden it starts hurting and I feel like some of us are walking around that way and God needs to do a brand new thing inside of us called healing not talking about physical healing I am talking about spiritual healing that needs to take place in our lives so listen to the scripture and this is what Jesus said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, and to recover the sight of the blind, and to set at liberty them, to set at liberty them that are bruised. In the book of Proverbs 19, verse 21, therefore many devices a man's heart. Uh, I wrote it down here, but well, I'll read it over there. Many, there are many devices in man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord shall stand. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for bringing us together. And I, I just want to express to you that I am grateful because of everything you've done in our lives. 
And I know that I can speak for a lot of people sitting here. I pray your blessing now on this word. I pray that you bring a revelation. And I pray that you will heal us deep inside and that you will cause a revival to take place inside of our hearts. In the name of Jesus, I ask, amen and amen. amen. So there's much healing that needs to take place in our hearts. And we come to the Lord with a lot of wounds and with a lot of scars. And we get saved. We get delivered from bondage of sin. And, but there's still a work that God has to do in our lives. And I want to focus on the healing of a broken heart. A healing of a broken heart. And there are many deep insights. There are many deep things inside of us that we need to flush out so that we can have a free mind and take away all the hindrances and start walking in the presence of God. And this is only accomplished when we let go. Let go and let God. But you got to believe. That's why the scripture came alive to me in the book of Luke 18. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to set at liberty and to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive and to recover the sight of the blind and to set liberty them that are bruised. I don't know about you, but I, throughout my experience, I felt that God was constantly delivering me of things that I had inside of me. Some things I realized, some things I didn't realize, and yet God delivered me from a lot of them. And I feel that the Lord takes his Holy Spirit and begins to expose us. Expose us completely when we start kneeling down and saying to God, take away this, take away that, and bring a total deliverance in my life. And I believe that this morning, God's going to deliver a lot of you. A lot of you. Because the damage that has been done has been terrible in our lifetimes. Listen to the verse at chapter 18 of the book of <clears throat> Proverbs 18, verse 21. says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now listen to me. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And this is a heavy scripture because what you speak is what you are. And if you speak negative, means you need deliverance from your negative tongue. If you speak curses among your, your people that they're never going to get out, that they're never going to accomplish, then you're speaking death. What we need to speak is under the anointing of God, Jesus came to deliver us all. And that spirit stands within our lives. Amen. And they, they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. If you like death, you're going to keep eating death. Let me say it again. If you like death, you're going to keep eating death. The more negative you are, the more negative you turn out to be. But when you get full of life, all of a sudden you start putting the blessing of God on you. Saying, I am alive and I am well. And everything God has ordained for me, he is delivering as I go. He's delivering me as I go. So we need to take away death from our lives. Especially in our marriages. You need to look at your wife and say to that lady, you're the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm going to love you, and I'm going to love you to the point where you're going to get delivered because I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to make you a lot better than what you are. 
And then she'll turn around and say, you need a lot of deliverance in loving me. The tongue starts speaking. And then you're going to have to iron out things. Is this the same way that God does things with us? He does things inside of us so we can look at our lives and say, you know what? We need something to happen to our lives. So we need to get our tongue together. I want you to say these words with me. Lord God, I know I've been saved, but today you're delivering me from the evil of the past. I will shake off the old and bring in the new and bring a new word in my tongue in the name of Jesus. I thank you now. Now give them a clap offering. Amen. Give them a clap offering. Too much damage has been done in our hearts. I remember I used to be a real angry man with Stella. And I I hated to be that way. I fasted seven days for God to take away the ugliness in me. Because she was a, a beautiful lady, spoke very softly. She had a temper, but she spoke very softly. But when I call ladies, they have good words, but, you know, sometimes there's stuff in there. And, but I didn't like hurting her. So I had to go lock up in my closet and confess to God every single thing that I was doing. And lo and behold, one day God just yanked it out of me. I had so much bitterness in my heart, so much bitterness, that I felt his hand come into me, grab the bitterness right out of my heart. And when he pulled it out, it was like pulling a root out. I started weeping like a little baby. From there on, my words changed. I noticed that total deliverance came into me, that I wasn't the same man that I started with her. God had delivered me. And I believe that some of us have so many roots of bitterness that God wants to yank them right out of you. And the reason why you lose your temper so much, it's because of the root of bitterness. Because there's death in the pot. You got to get the death out and you got to put the life inside of you. Listen to Psalms uh, 63 verse 3. 64, verse 3. <clears throat> it's up there. Can you read it with me? Who? Sometimes we just got to get rid of that bitter root. The bitter root that comes out of our tongue because you're exposed by your tongue. The minute you start speaking... And if you're a good listener, you will find out who you are real quickly. Real quickly. I don't know about you. How many hate sometimes the things that you say and you don't even mean them, but they come right out of you? That means that you're sick. The pot is sick. And God's got to get that stuff right out of you so that he can accomplish what he wants to do. Listen to Proverbs chapter 26, verse 22. The words of a talebearer are wounds, and they are down unto the innermost parts of his belly. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. Read it with me. Come on. The words. The words of a talebearer are wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of his belly. 
What's a talebearer? A gossiper. A man or a woman that doesn't like somebody begins to speak bad about them. Be, be careful when you start speaking bad about a person because it's going to come back on you. Because what you sow, you will reap. And the more you sow evil, the more it's going to come back to you. So you need to get this tongue in order. You know, I remember seeing an old preacher preaching on the tongue. He brought those big old lenguas that they sell in the stores. He sat one right in front of everybody. And he says, that is your tongue. And I said to myself, that's, that's beef right there. Hallelujah. <laughs> But he gave an illustration with that tongue that we shouldn't be using it because it is an evil little tongue that will start fires. That's why I don't like people that come with gossip. I automatically tell them, I don't want to hear it. I want to pray for you. Kneel down. I want to pray for you. And I'm going to pray that everything goes wrong with you for being a gossiper. And pretty soon they don't want to kneel down no more. They want to leave me. But I don't care. I want to expose the gossiper because I don't like cheese Muslims. I don't like people that are gossiping about other people. Hey, if they want to tell me, they'll come up and tell me who they really are. And I'm fine with that. But I don't need somebody running around gossiping and, and putting poison on people that we don't deserve. Come on, somebody. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, I'm coming. I'm romancing this thing. See, we need to understand that we need to deal with our hearts and to bring our hearts into a place of healing because out of, out of your heart, out of the belly, out of your system comes either good or bad. Good or bad. And let me tell you, this is a, this is a process of time where God begins to change you into a person that is not negative no more. You just stop and think you control before you say anything and you think. And then if you can't get it together, you go to your closet and pray. Get a washing of the Lord and get the word of the Lord and then start talking the right things. There's a lot of things that people come and tell me about everybody. You know, and I just listen to them and look at them and I say, Tamu locos, but I don't say that. Yeah, I'm thinking that you guys are crazy, but, you know, this can't go on. So I, I feel like there's sickness in the pot. And I don't want the church to be polluted. Listen to Proverbs 16, verse 24. A pleasant word are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Woo. I think we need to get full with some honey. How many have ever tasted honey? Man, I put a spoon on that honey every morning, and let me tell you something, it wakes up every, 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 every on my mouth and every system on my body, and it brings it into a place of sweetness. Amen. And I don't know about you, prayer does the same thing. It makes you into a sweet person. It makes you into a loving person. It makes you into an understanding person. It makes you into a person that you care for people. It makes you into a person that you want to pray for people because you're fully engaged in sweet words. Amen. Sweet words. Have you ever hurt yourself how you speak so negative? How many here have ever spoken negative words? Let me see your hands. If you don't lift up your hand, you're going to go to hell right now, so don't... 
We don't want nothing to open up here. We don't want to go with you. Amen. So pleasant words are as, as a sweet, sweet, what is it called? A sweet honey, yeah. So you and I need to come to a place where we're so full of honey. You know, that's why if you got a wife, hey, honey, come over here. You know, you're call, actually calling honey. Honey, come forth. How much more inside of us? Honey, come forth out of my mouth. Honey, come forth out of my mouth. I want to be a sweet person. I want to be a loving person. I want to be a concerned person. I want to be a, that person that you can trust that I'm not going to whip you with my tongue, but I'm going to be full of honey and loving you. I've seen a lot of ladies love an ugly, rude husband. One that loses their temper, everything, and then cusses with both sides of their mouth, and there, is, there she is standing. And I've seen a lot of ladies say, God's going to get you. God's going to get you. God's going to turn you around, and God's going to make a sweet man out of you. Because when I take you to the prayer room, you're a dead man. You're going to die to the old and come back brand new. I'm going to make you pleasant, sweet as honey. Sweet as honey. So our souls need a lot of healthy things to go on in our soul. That means our mind. That means our heart. That means our emotions. That means our words. That means who we are. God has to transform all that. Don't ever tell me that he can't make it. If you can make it, he can make it. So we need to get serious about this. Can you say amen to them? Because if we don't, it's going to hurt us. Listen to the book of Proverbs 12, 25. Heaviness in the heart of a man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. Come on, read it with me, because some of you listen to me. One more time, come on. Heaviness. You know what that stoop means? You just stoop like you're almost dying. Almost dying. But when you put a good word in a man and you tell him, hey, you're going to do good. You're going to do great things for God. You're going to accomplish great things. When you tell the sisters that you're going to do great things, that means the honey has taken over you. That means that you're getting a total overhaul in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, in your spirit. You're getting an overhaul. You have a human spirit, but the Holy Spirit has to touch that human spirit so it can light up with fire and accomplish what you need to look like. So when you look like that, then you start changing with your words. Start being more glad. Hallelujah. Proverbs 15, verse 23. Listen to this. A man has joy by the answers of his mouth. And a sword spoken and a, and a word spoken in due season, how good is it? Amen. Yeah. Yeah, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. Wow. How many here have ever answered somebody rudely? Rudely. How many would like to answer with good words? Yes. You know. Problems to me, you can always solve them if you got a good word. If you don't have a good word, you destroy the man or you destroy the lady. But when you have a good word, you can build them up. 
You can pump them up. I picture myself sometimes having a pump on them, and I screw on those things like I used to screw the, the tires with, with that pump and, and, and just pump that tire until I got it full of air. Well, it's the same way. We have to pump each other to the place we, we edify each other. We make you better. Your, your problems go away. And most of all, you got to be a man that's praying and say, come here, let me lay hands on you because you're so negative. I'm going to get rid of all this negative stuff. I'm going to rebuke the devil right out of you. I'm going to ask God to just do something brand new in your life. And believe me, he does it. He does it. He does it. Why? Because God's word does not lie. Listen to Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in, wi in wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with the grace in your heart to the Lord. That's exercise right there. Yes, sir. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. What are you reading? Are you reading the word or are you just hearing somebody else? You need to read the word. And for you guys that used your telephone, let me tell you something. When the Antichrist comes, he's going to drop that, that website that you have. He's going to drop that phone that you have. You better have a physical Bible, if, especially if you're staying here. Because I'm not staying here. He could have my wireless phone. I want my big Bible. Hallelujah. It, it weighs about four pounds. But I like my big Bible because it's got giant words. I can see it and I can feel it. So we need, we need to get our own words instead of being jammed up into a phone. Because a phone is good. You better have an extra Bible besides you. Because once they turn off the electricity, which they're planning, then you're not going to have a wireless phone. You better have your Bible there. Philippians chapter 2, verse 16. Holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in that day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Neither labored in vain. So God wants us to, to get a hold of reading, preaching, exercising, because I could always spot an anemic Christian. They have no pep in their step. They have no right word in their step. They're always depending on somebody else. Listen to me. You got 66 books in that Bible. If you read that Bible, it is so rich. It'll make you, even if you're a weird person, it'll make you into a loving person. Once it gets a hold of you, once you read it, once you say it, once it begins to take place and take root inside of you, you will never be the same. So now you're just not born again. Now you're really healthy. You look like a bro brahmo cow. And those are the big, beautiful cows that I've seen. Healthy. Healthy. They're not anemic, all sucked up like you were on drugs. Now, now you look heavy. You look like, never mind. It's not going to come out. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. So... Pleasant words need to come out of us, but we need to practice. Can you say amen? amen. We need to practice, especially what God is saying to us. Amen. So this is one thing that you've got to understand, is that not only are you reading the word, but God is looking at you. Yes, 
See, sometimes you think you're going to get away with it. You're not. Amen. You will not. Amen. So you're going to have to learn the hard way. So you're going to have to come to a place where you surrender yourself totally to the Word of God. This is not surrendering it to the pastor. If you surrender to the Word of God, you surrender to submission. You never question submission because you're surrendering to God. So you and I have to come to that place. And God pays attention to a broken-hearted person. One that gives everything to the Lord. Every single thing. Listen to Psalms 51, verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. O oh God, thou shalt not despise. The way you speak to God and the way you give your heart to him and you're broken up, man, when you're broken up, God pays attention to your brokenness. Yeah. Everybody looks at me and say, man, Reuben, you've been around for a long time. Yeah, but I fought a lot of wars. And I didn't fight them just with my flesh. I fought them on my knees. I rebuked the devil. I came against all kinds of stuff. I came against even the, the, the contrary stuff. I made it through the contrary stuff. I stood on that rock. I said, let the storm come. Let the winds come. Let everything come. But you know that I have a heart that is broken. You know who I am. And I'm depending on you. And I get to see everything later on. And I did. And I'm seeing it now. And I'm seeing what God can do. God does not lie. But he needs a humble, a person that sacrifices himself with a contrite heart. Contrite, yeah, contrite heart. Thou shalt not despise. The book of Psalms 147, verse 3. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Woo. Listen to me. I don't need no doctor. I need Dr. Jesus. I need Dr. Jesus to come in and bind my heart. Bind my heart to a place where I become whole in my heart. If you want to stay whole in your heart, you need to check your heart. Because your heart is the deceptional place. But God, when he rules it, there is no deception there. Because God navigates you through the rough times, navigates you through those trials that you're going through. But he's always there healing your broken heart. So if you're sitting down right here and you say, man, I'm broken and I'm blind, let me tell you something. You might be broken and blind, but God says, I'm going to heal your brokenness and I'm going to bind up your wounds and I'm going to make you into a perfect individual. Hallelujah. So listen to Isaiah 57, which I love, 57. Verse 15. For thus says the high and lofty one, the inhabitation of eternity whose name is holy, I dwell in high and holy places. With him also that is of a contrite, humble spirit, to receive the spirit of the humble and receive the heart of the contrite ones. There is no peace, says God, to the wicked. Wow. Read it with me again. Come on. You have it up there? Come on. One, two, three. For thus says... So to revive, 
God wants to revive. That means to give you back the life that you once had. He wants to hook into you and just shock you and, and bring you back to that place where he wants you to be. He never fails you. He's always there. Always there. God notices everything about you. He studies everything about you. He knows every thought that runs through your mind. He knows everything that's in your heart. He knows everything that's going on in your body. And he knows exactly what type of medicine to give you for that disease. But you're going to have to get in there. Push yourself in there. Be honest with God. Be sincere with God. Give yourself totally to the things of God and stop playing around and be sincere for the very first time and say, you know what? I really need a healing in my life and I want to get it together. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve the devil and you can't serve God. You either come to God or you come to the devil. But when you give yourself to God, you will see the results. You will see that you will never be the same. You stand up in the most holy place and you start lifting up your hands and you know very well that God's touched your life because you're not the same. And this is something that you got to do every little while. You just can't lay your armor down. You got to put it on every single day. You can't just say, you know what, I'm serving the Lord today and then tomorrow I'm not. No, you got to get up and get dressed as a soldier and say, you know what, I am really going to serve God and I'm giving my God every single thing, every single thing, 100% I'm giving to him. And when he, you do that, then God takes over. Yes, sir. There ain't no way that you could do it another way, way. Amen to that. So, he pays attention to everything. Every single thing. Look at Rebecca and Leah. The Bible says that Jacob loved both of those ladies. And he loved them. And yet God took notice of everything. He knew that he loved uh, Rachel. I'm sorry, Rachel more than Leah. And God noticed that. And if you read in Genesis chapter 29, verse 30 to 31, these are the words that he says. He says, and Jacob also went unto Rachel, and he also loved Rachel more than Leah. And he, and he served with Laban still another seven years. And, and, then, and when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened up her womb, but Rachel was barren. Can you handle that? This guy loved two ladies, but one he didn't like. He mistreated him. And God looked at that and says, this is not honesty. And he opened up the wound of Leah. And she had kids and kept the other one sealed. Why? Because God cares about the brokenness inside of you. God cares about everything that's going bad inside of you. You just need to grow up and look up and say, God is looking at me, and he's protecting me, and he's going to see me through. When, listen to me. When everything happened to me, all these 33 years that went by, when everything happened to me, I had to look up. I could not hang on to man. I could not have to hang on to advice of a man. I, because they, they were empty. Nobody could show me what God was trying to show me. And God was trying to show me that you need to depend on me 100%. Don't be listening, listening to everybody else. Just get up, do what's right, and I will take you out of this tunnel. Amen. 
So that's what we have to do all the time. Do what's right. Do what's right over and over, and God will take you out of the tunnel. And do you have memories? Yeah, we have memories, but the, those memories stay for there forever. But he wants you healed so that you can accomplish the mission that he wants you to accomplish. You cannot stay down. You cannot stay down and get bitter. Or you'll start singing that song in Spanish, Pobre de mí. Poor me. Poor me. I'm the one going through every single thing. God said, I don't want none of that. I want you to know that I take notice of everything that you go through. Everything that you go through. And if you're sitting next to your husband and he's demon possessed, can I give you a secret? Pray for that man. Pray for that man. Pray over his food, his eggs, his salad. Shata kosata. May this be anointed inside of his soul. May you take all the devils out of them. When he eats it, it's anointed. May you bring deliverance to him. Cast out that devil out of him. The same way with the wife. You know, some wives can be tougher than men. You have to, when you have a barbecue... This ribeye steak, in the name of Jesus, as I'm seasoning it, as I'm praying for it, I cast out every devil out of that steak. And Lord, I pray you anoint this steak. That when it, it, it's been eaten by that crazy guy that I'm married to, I pray that he will get saved and delivered in the name of Jesus. Listen, you got to get radical. Sometimes you got to go into that closet and look at those shoes and anoint those shoes. Put some little drops of oil. That demon, wherever he walks, I hope he walks home. Yeah, you got to go and do some crazy stuff. Why? God is looking, but he's looking to use you. God will use you if you let him use you, but you got to let go, let go, let go. Because when you do that, then God accomplishes. Look at Hannah. Hannah was bitter because she couldn't have a baby. She was starting to get bitter. But she cried on the altar, and she asked God, Lord, I'm not going to leave this altar until you open my wound up. Everybody would mock her, mock her. But when she started weeping, even the priest looked at Hannah and looked at her that she was making a bunch of noise. And he said these dumb things. You know, when you're dead, you say dumb things. He says, oh, you're just drunk. On the altar, you're drunk. How insensitive can a priest be that's not navigated by God? And she got up, he says, I was speaking to God and told him everything about my soul. And the Bible says that God looked at her and opened up her womb. And she said this word, if you give me my son Samuel, I will dedicate him to you forever. I will bring him to the temple, dedicate him to you. She went home, had a baby, brought Samuel back. She probably had a smile. You know how you ladies are when you have babies. You have this joyful thing and looked at the priest. Mira, hey, remember you rebuked me? And they accused me that I was a whiner. Uh, I was no whiner. I was a lady crying out to God. And look at this baby. He's anointed, anointed by God. Anointed by God. 
And the Bible says she left them there in the temple. She literally walked away, left the young man as he was walking. He, he left them there with the priest. And do you know that Samuel became the greatest prophet? He was an honest young man, a man that was even wiser than the man that was trying to teach him. He knew a God that he didn't know. You never know what God's going to do with an individual that you surrender them to. Come on, I believe that all of us here, you have a divine destiny. You're trying to run too fast. God does not run fast. He is very patient of what he does. And we are not patient. We are full of speed. You're crackheads. Full of speed. Full of speed. When you slow down and begin to get in sync with God, step by step, sync and sink into it, then you realize, I don't need no speed because God puts everything together the way he wants it, not the way I want it. How many have messed up things because you wanted it your way? You messed up a lot of stuff. But when you let God, when you let God lead you, then you can do it slowly, but you still accomplish every single thing. And when you learn patience, let patience have its perfect work. That's designed to make you into that person that God wants you to be. But patience only comes through a lot of trouble. How many here are patient? Don't even lift up your hand. I don't want you to get in trouble. How many would like to have patience? Lift up your hands. Yeah. I mean, real patience. Real patience. Listen to me. When you look at Raul over here, when he's behind here singing and everything, it was a spirit of patience taking him all the way through. What you see today with Raul, he wasn't like that. Now he's totally different, but it's a patient spirit. When you take hold of that and you obey step by step, then God takes you into the greatest realm that you've ever been. Your eyes, your mind, you have never seen what he's going to do with your life. But you got to be honest. Honesty is the best policy. Why? Because God looks down at your honesty. If you're not honesty, honest, this is what happens to you. You stumble a lot. And you keep stumbling. And you keep stumbling. Because you're so stubborn and you look so spiritual, but you're actually not even patient you just like to make a lot of noise. Now, there's nothing wrong with making noise. Make all the noise you want. But just run patiently, smoothly. Let God possess who you are so that he can accomplish what he wants from you. I don't know about you. I like patience. When something happens to me now, I laugh about it. I'm like, ha. This is funny. I just look at it. This is funny. God, what are, you, what are you doing to me? And God said, I'm making you who I want you to be. Just follow. And don't be stupid to get in front of me. Because that's what we do. We get in front of him all the time. You need to put away all the foolish things and let God do what he's going to do 
inside of your life. So a word of healing. What do we do? We surrender. Just like Hannah crying. We surrender and say, here I am, God. Do whatever you like. Show me my weaknesses. Pick those weaknesses. I will cast them out. Move them away so I can accomplish what I want to accomplish in your life. I want us to stand right now. <clears throat> I want you to close your eyes as you stand. Just close your eyes. I want you to do an inventory inside of you. Inventory time. Just be, just close your eyes. A lot of you have gone through a lot of stuff, but you're still standing, and there's a lot of stuff that just God took away from you. And the key is that you stand. That's the key. The other key is that you listen to him and that you do it God's way. When you don't understand, you don't do nothing. You just start praying and asking God what he wants you to do. But I believe that now God's brought you to a place where you're a little bit mature now. And God's asking more. More of your life. More because he has a lot more to do with you. I don't care how old you are. I've seen old people do great things. I've seen elderly people bring so much comfort. I've seen young people do some great things. And I believe that we got a lot of Billy Grahams in this place. I believe we got a lot of good preachers in this place. I believe we got a lot of pioneers in this place. And I believe that your turn is coming. But if you're anxious, you won't receive anything. But if you're patient, he will do every single thing. He will deliver you from speed and bring you into a place of patience. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, O oh God. I thank you for all of us. Lord, some of us carry so many scars of the past, so many ugly things, and you're such a holy God, such a God that forgives us and cleanses us and our patience. You're so patient with us. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. I pray your blessing upon them. I pray that you draw them out this day. Draw them out and just, Lord, take everything that doesn't belong there. In the name of Jesus, everything, every single thing. Devil, you will have no power over us because of the blood of Jesus. We are learning your way so slow, but we're learning. I want to thank you right now for the deliverance that is falling in this place. Your glory is falling in this place, oh God. And they're starting to do great things. Right now, I command every foul spirit to leave now. At the sound of my words, in Jesus' name, leave now. Be free in the name of Jesus. Be free in the name of Jesus. Oh, some of you are called by God, but you're moving too fast. Let God's wisdom.